the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. A lot going on. Um, anyhow, and anyway, <laughs> some of the stories that I see instantly that, you know, I have to like, do I do it? Do I know? Do I do it? Do I don't? And this time I'm just going to now pass on that story. Okay, here's the story. Fox is the most trusted TV news source in America, according to a poll. I find people that take polls to just have way too much time on their hands, right? Anyway, um, how's your day going? Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Um, rough night of sleep for me, but I'm okay. That's one of those things that I wish, uh, if I could do, I would get the, the sleep figured out a little bit better. So, markets at record highs. Again, I pound this because your portfolio, if it's diversified into markets, is at a record high. Now, you may say, but I want I want a home run. Mmm, not a home run. That's fine. Um, one of the problems with that is, is when you miss, it's strikeout. And in the world of investing, for the average person who likes Cuban food, for the average person who likes to travel, for the average person who likes, um, you know, flowers and good things in life, uh, to sleep in, you shouldn't be buying stocks. I get why people want a Scott Trade account or an E-Trade account to supplement their Fidelity account or their Vanguard account. I get it. I get why some people are tempted to t- uh, draw in from their emergency fund and do a little bit of day trading. I mean, didn't we all see Apple going higher when they announced the stock split? Um, some people did. Some people didn't. And in that case, when they announced the stock split, have Putin said, I'm going into the Ukraine... And I'm going to make it mine. <laughs> that could have changed everything on the market. And you could have been totally right and yet totally wrong. So, stocks are falling after the SP 500 closed at a record for the seventh time in eight sessions. Um, I like to run. And I always end my runs with sprints. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm sure some listeners out there are going, no. Not a good idea, but I'll always end with a sprint. Um, I can go distance, five miles, six miles, one day, two days, and then I have to do a day of swimming. Um, same thing with the market. S&P 500 can't always be at an all-time high. eBay drowned down 2.5%, saying David Marcus is going to step down as the head of its PayPal unit to join Facebook. Interesting. PayPal is probably the most intriguing thing about eBay. Radio Shack down 9.1% after reporting a wider than quarterly loss. Again, do you know anyone who's been in a Radio Shack? Aren't the people 
who work at Radio Shack, like, from a land long ago, from a galaxy far away, you go in and like, I've not seen this type of person ever. And he's, like, wearing a schmuck. You're like, what's a schmuck? So allergen, uh, maker of Botox. Uh, they unanimously rejected a takeout offer from Valiant Pharmaceuticals. The problem with Valiant Pharmaceuticals is they couldn't tell the emotion on Allergen's face because they were so shut up with Botox. They just kept laughing like this. And are they, are they honking or are they laughing? So it shouldn't be a shock to anyone that the market's a little bit on the soft side right now. We've had a blistering recovery in the stock market. We've had an okay recovery in the economics. Temporary reprieve from a market that's being uh, seeing highs after highs after highs. By no measure does this mean we're going into a bear market. But if we were to give up 5%, 10%, I'd be thrilled. I only have so many years left until I retire. And down markets are good for me. As long as I get that up market year when I retire. Sweet. SP 500 has risen for 32 months without a decline of 10% or more. That's pretty powerful. Versus the average of 18 months since 1945. So the S&P 500 index dipped as much as 19% from late April through early October in 2011. But not 20%. So we've had one good correction. And that's about it. Data today showed U.S. wholesale inventories increased 1.1% in April. That's okay. Um, Inventories are important because... Ultimately, people go to work, and that's the way you kind of want to look at that, is the factory workers have to make stuff, which is turned into inventory, and when there's no inventory, they get to go back to work and make stuff, and when there's a lot of inventory, they're told to stay at home. When you look at behavior of the market over the past 10 days, setting record after record, the bulls have clearly been in the lead. Even with improving economic data, I think the U.S. market may have gone a little bit too far, a little bit too fast. Again, this is all... You know, subjective. Like, if we think the economy is going to look great in the next five years, buy now, and it's not going to even be, be a, a blip, even if there is a big correction. eBay down, like I said, because they're losing an executive. Success or failure starts at the top. If you're in the business of making maps, and you're the boss, and you've got ten people underneath you, if you're not a good boss, the department's not going to be good. See? Nope. Or they'll be as good as they can. Not necessarily reflecting your skills. Radio Shack. Um, I have a funny bet that if anyone ever sees me in Radio Shack, I'm going to give them $10,000 cash. It's kind of like, I think you have odds of seeing Bigfoot before that. And I've seen Bigfoot before. I was on a beach in the East Coast, and uh, I think I was just suffering from heat dehydration. And this big, hairy dude rolled over. And it was Sasquatch. I know, you're sunning on the beach on the East Coast. Doesn't make any sense to me either. Tyson Foods, poised for a sixth day of declines. Largest U.S. meat company closed yesterday at the lowest level since February after raising its offer for Hillshire Brands. Tyson Foods, name me five chicken players in the United States. Nope, can't do it. Me neither. Tyson Foods is going to be in the business of poultry and pork and things like that for many, 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 many years to come. It's long-term accumulate. If you believe in, I need a food component. Now, there's other food components. Maybe you were saying Starbucks. Maybe you're saying something else. But Tyson Foods, not going to go anywhere. They're not going to suddenly go, you know what? We're giving away chickens for free. We're the free chicken company. They're not going to do it. 
Urban Outfitters down 3%. They said sales at stores open at least a year unchanged. MetLife up one half of a percent. Largest U.S. life insurer announced it will repurchase one billion dollars of common stock. Life insurance companies—they got a bit of a racket because we're living longer. It's a pretty good business to be in. You pay your premiums longer. Eh? Eh? You with me? Um, Apple. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. Oh boy, I can't tell you how many people out there are stupid on Apple. Um, okay, so the number one email that I got yesterday was, should I buy Apple now that it's cheaper? It's not cheaper. It's the same company. Two days ago, it had a $550 billion market cap. Today, it's got a $570 billion market cap. In theory, you're thinking that they can earn that kind of money, um, pay themselves back, pay down debt, buy back shares, increase their dividend, share it with you. Do I think this could become a trillion-dollar company? That's a crazy question, and I don't want to answer that right now. Do I think it can become 100? Yeah, no doubt. Then it's going to depend on execution, execution, execution. I'm Rob Black. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Got a big event coming up. On the 19th, nine days from now, and I'm sending out a newsletter in the next couple of days. You can sign up for the free newsletter at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Or you can sign up for the event in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge Thursday evening, the 19th. Sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Oh, so many things. So many things to talk about today. Best Buy boosts its dividend by 12% on the same day that Radio Shack said they're struggling. So their board increased the dividend 12% to the big box electronics chain's dividend. Uh, quarterly payout up $0.02 cents to $0.19, cents, a move that will cost the company an extra $28 million a year and boost the yield to 2.6%, which is kind of in line with Walmart's 2.5%. It's a company with decent cash position and confidence in the cash generating power of their multi-channel business. I think that's all we need to know about it. Taking a look at market numbers today, we're off of all-time record highs. S&P 500 is down 2, Dow's down 12, the Nasdaq down 5. Welcome in, CFP, Chad Merton, NewFocusFinancial.com. One of the things that intimidates people about money is there's a lot of things that just doesn't you know, translate to RABCs, like ESPPs and RSUs. What is an ESPP? Why do we care? What is an RSU? Why do we care? It reminds me, I was up on the mountain, um, you know, back in, I don't know, February or something like that. And somebody had to stop skiing and pull over on their cell phone and exercise some of their Wells Fargo options because they were expiring that day. Awesome. And they were sitting on the mountain and got an email saying, your options are about to expire. 
and it was about a $6,000 value, net of taxes, that they almost lost because they let their options expire. So a lot of people that work for companies that have, you know, they get the 401k match, great. But then you get the options that have expirations dates, incentive stock options that have different tax strategies. But let's talk about employee stock purchase plans and, and RSUs, which is the most common. So in the employee stock purchase plan, when you're working for a company, you get two periods a year where you can buy your own company stock at a discount. Okay? But they have different tax strategies, too. And, and what I can't understand is why people don't, you know, they, they get too overweighted in an old company's stodgy stock. Because they're always doing the SPPs, which I like, because you get the discount. Okay. But What's the di- discount typically? 10? Typically 10 to 15%. Okay. And so, but if you want to have most of your gain on the stock qualify for capital gains, you usually have to hold them for at least two years after the offering date. Okay. okay. Um, so what I tell people is once you've bought them two years later, you know, look, if you're, if you're already own, if 5% of your portfolio and you're in your fifties is in your company stock, you need to, as they become two years old, sell them and reinvest them. Right. And remember, if you're way overweight in your company, you're, you're stock, talking really fast. Okay. So two year. If once the stock becomes two years old, okay. like you've bought it and you've held it for over two years and you're in your 50s and you own over 5% of your overall portfolios in the company stock that you work for, you need to start trimming those ESPP okay, shares. Right. Okay. But you want to make sure they're over two years old to qualify for the overall capital gains rates. There's, there's really an 18-month rule and all this other stuff that I'm not going to get into on radio. But the discount and how that's taxed and then the, the capital gain and how that's taxed, just hold it for two years. Okay. Start diversifying. Every year you should look at your stock options, and if the market has fallen and you've got ESPP shares at a loss – you're probably going to want to sell them to take the loss and offset other gains in the future. Okay? Okay. Um, so What's selling interesting you- to note about that is I think a lot of people accumulate a lot of wealth like through AT&T. Mm-hmm. They worked there. They got the company shares. They became millionaires. And it's almost ingrained in our society not to diversify. Yeah. But then WorldCom and Enron come along. You know, WorldCom bought a couple baby bells, and they implode. Yeah. Next thing you know. So it's, it's ingrained in us, but it's not necessarily trained properly. Yeah. So it's... You know, I can see if you're younger and you're working for a, a company that's aggressively growing and they're, they're you know, really doing well in the stock market, while you end up being, you know, 10% of your portfolios in the company stock. It can make sense when you're younger. You can't afford that type of risk when you're close to retirement. So you have to diversify. Um, you also don't want to overpay your taxes because you get that company discount, Rob, that's going to be taxed as ordinary income when you sell. Oh. And sometimes Killer. people are paying taxes on that discount twice. Once when you know they get taxed on it. Long story short, there's a form called a 3922. So if you have employee stock purchase program, you got to know your form 3922 so you don't end up paying taxes twice on that discount. Would you say that most purchase. people who use ESPP should probably use a CPA? Yeah, okay. I think you know I know the tax code really well, and I still use a CPA to prepare my tax return because if I'm audited. It, if I'm audited, I know I'm not going to do well sitting in the room with, with the IRS if the, a certain point comes up, you know, because I can't stand our current tax code. They know how to discuss the issue with the IRS. I would just get angry. <laughs> I so badly watch you on Jeopardy and the, the, the heading comes up tax code because <laughs> you're like, I know tax code. <laughs> Form 3522. Yeah. Okay. 30, um, 3922. 3922. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know the tax code. I don't pretend to know the tax code. You're a nerd. I'm not. <laughs> Let's just say this, Playboy model, happened in my life, not yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else do we need to do? RSUs, did we t- hit that? Do we need to hit that? Well, RSUs is one of those things, too, when you already own a bunch of your 
company stock, RSUs, restricted share units, restricted stock units, you're granted a bunch of units, and as they vest, they become taxable based on the value of the stock that day. There is absolutely no tax reason to continue to hold those after that point. So if you are, if, you know, unless you think your company is just going to go through the roof and you own less than 10% of your portfolio in that company, as those RSUs come due, they're taxed. They're already taxed. So sell them and reinvest them in a diversified portfolio. Um, and that's one thing that people just fail to do. They continue to hold and hold and hold. And uh, you need to do a good job tracking your cost basis on those as well. Okay. Anything else that we need to know? Or should we wrap it up here? Um, again, it's you know if you're getting close to retirement, having more than five to ten percent of your company, your portfolio and your own company stock is just too much risk. And again, a lot of people don't want to hear that because they feel comfortable where they are and they feel like they're not being loyal if they do sell their own company shares. Don't feel that way. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. <clears throat> Something kind of interesting as far as the concept goes. Is Radio Shack running out of things to sell? I like the concept um, because it, it brings up a question. Uh, Radio Shack draws on credit lines as lo- losses deepen. When you look back at the history of Radio Shack, you know, they sold computers, they sold beepers, they sold pagers, uh, cell phones. They're trapped in a 1980s time warp, like the commercial from the Super Bowl. Big event coming up this weekend. No, this weekend. A couple Thursdays from now. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's going to be in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's going to be tied towards retirement income and dividend stocks. Sign up at robblack.com. someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. But joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, talking a little bit about um, the market highs, 7 out of 10 days or something like that. Uh, what do we need to focus on out of the gate? Well, you know, we think that the, the market has obviously shown some tremendous resilience here to, to selling efforts, and it's a uh, uh, kind of a, a case of more of the same, really, I think, where you have um, uh, participants falling back on the recognition that some uh, purported, you know, worst-case scenarios have not unfolded, specifically the uh, potential uh, uh, geopolitical risk in surrounding Russia and Ukraine, um, and at the same time, you had uh, the ECB come out and offer some uh, some more policy support, and you have the Fed that's out there, of course, saying, "Look, you know, we're not going to raise the Fed funds rate anytime soon." And so, with the um, momentum stocks and those small cap stocks uh, turning themselves around, it's just kind of fed on itself here, and you have this this mentality kicking in that, you know, people are now fearful again about missing out on another leg higher. And that, that fear has kicked in on uh, several occasions, many occasions really, uh, during this five-year run off of those uh, generational lows. Taking a look at what we have in the stock market, your column uh, on the page one mentioned low volume, little selling interest. 
um, little you know pushback that people don't really want to sell the leaders. They kind of want to hold on to the big names. Um, what do you think about a summertime market high? Because these all seem to be very indicative of lackadaisical reasons to, to hit record highs or lackadaisical reasons to hold on. Yeah, it's really it's a peculiar condition right now. I mean, the market uh, behavior is, and what I said in page one, is you know it's been formulaic. Uh, I probably could have also said it seems a bit fabricated, uh, forced, if you will, because um, it's just a market that's kind of just trading this idea that um, you know things can't go wrong. You know, um, nothing has has uh, none of these worst case scenarios have unfolded. So why not keep buying stocks? <laughs> you know, it's kind of that that dangerous attitude, really. Some people would call it complacency. Um, you know, it's a little bit concerning to us. Um, you know, we think that the market is, has, on a short-term basis here anyway, gotten uh, overbought and, and is probably due for some, some consolidation and some selling interest to, to kick in here. But clearly, there, there still is not a, a rush to the exit. And we can't forget either that um, – you know, while the low volume doesn't signal a lot of conviction behind this rally, at the same time, markets can go down on low volume, too, and they're just hanging in there. They're not doing that, and I think it has to do in large part with the uh, proverbial Fed put that remains under this market. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of concern that uh, uh, we're going to see the market, you know, just fall apart, you know, out of nowhere. And uh, that's been an underpinning factor here. And uh, and of course, the Fed has continued to provide that support, and it's kind of a this this trade of you know you're going to ride it for all it's worth. Uh, if the trend's not broken, don't fix it, right? So we're uh, just hanging in there and hanging around, not doing much of anything, but just sort of drifting higher. Now, with that said, are you more of a stock guy or are you more of an ETF index guy when you're talking about the markets and what maybe people should have in their portfolios? Yeah, I, I look at just kind of the broad overview, S&P 500 primarily, uh, okay. not so much individual stocks. Um, and, you know, when we, you know, take a look at the market and, um, you know, we kind of, I should admit, I don't play chess, but you can say, you know, the market is kind of like a chess game. You're constantly trying to reposition things to gain an advantage against your opponent, and uh, and you know, and and as the opponent moves, you have to rethink your strategy. And that's the market's a dynamic place, and so that's what you have to do here. And I think that right now, um, you know, one has to take into account some of the changing risk right, risk reward dynamics that are kicking in here. We've obviously had a tremendous amount of reward, um, but the landscape is changing. You know, the money that's being made is not being made as easily, um, and I think one needs to to take. A, you know, account of that and perhaps be a little bit more defensive here. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think, you know, I get some pushback on as a market analyst here is uh, when I point out that people do need to be somewhat more conscientious about risk, people automatically conclude that I'm being bearish. Uh, but that's not the case. Um, you know, our market view has been positive for 2014. We had suggested that we'd see a 6 to 7% total return this year. Uh, we're obviously tracking just fine in that respect right now. But uh, but saying you need to be more conscientious about risk doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're bearish. It's just basically experience speaking. Uh, we've seen these types of runs in the past, and one needs to be cognizant that uh, the potential for emotional selling to kick in is, is rising here as the 
market kind of gets driven higher by some of these artificial support structures. So with all this out there, the Fed Reserve put, if our audience will you know, sometimes want to think, okay, I want to be the first one out. Is there a point in time where you think that teeter-totter goes from growth stock market to some air coming out? Is there What should we be looking for as a, a sign that if you do want to try to market time, and I don't, but if you do, this is something to maybe be a sign or two to, to look for? Right. Well, of course, they don't ring a bell at the top of the market or at the bottom of the market for that Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, it sure would. And and we kind of saw a little bit of, you know, what you're alluding to, uh, you know, in uh, April and May, where you saw the small cap stocks uh, really come in strong. You saw a lot of those momentum names really come in strong. And the, the concern at that point is that it might bleed over into the blue chip issues. Well, you know, it didn't happen, and that was one of the inflection points, really, that allowed for this market rally to kick in here that we're seeing. But that would be something, though, that, you know, is something to be mindful of, is that if you do see these, you know, small cap and, you know, momentum names come back in yet again, uh, and the blue chips don't respond in the next go-around, that would be concerning here that you're, you know, moving into some, some topping activity, and, um, and that would be something to be uh, on the watch for. Okay. Anything else that you're working on right now that is showing up on your radar that might show up on ours in a couple of weeks? Um, well, I'm going to be updating our you know, briefing.com's market view uh, this okay. week. Uh, kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. I think that you know we've been rooted. That view has been rooted in a fundamental perspective. You know, we've had earnings growth, we've had low inflation, we've had low interest rates, uh, and that's been a you know a nice formula for stock market gains. Those factors are still intact, all things considered. So we think that the conditions are ripe still for the stock market to have a you know a positive year. Uh, but again, you know we're just going to continue to point out this uh, to our readers that you know be more risk uh, sensitive here uh, over the next uh, several months. You know as you uh, look at your portfolios. But um, so that's what I'll be working on, and I'm. Uh, and then I'm going to also be looking at uh, some of the the retail sales report that's come out on Thursday for some indications of how the uh, consumer's tracking on the other side of the uh, the polar vortex period. In your piece earlier this morning, and I'm speaking to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. It's my favorite first go-to website there is. I think everyone can stand to benefit from it. You talked a little bit about some of the retail names like Radio Shack and I just I haven't been in one forever because I haven't needed that cable. Are they one of those companies that Amazon has just basically crushed because if you need that cable, you get it there, and you don't actually have to fire up the car. You don't actually have to go look for it. Uh, is Radio Shack going to be relevant in the future, do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, it's not looking that way, uh, frankly. I mean, this is a, uh, a stock that's trading just above a dollar. <laughs> and so um, I would say that there's a lot of portfolio managers who, who – can't even touch it anyway, even if they want to play the turnaround idea. Um, and it is becoming increasingly irrelevant in this consumer electronics landscape. Um, so they actually have a lot. They have a lot of restructuring to do to kind of uh, try and uh, survive, if you will, in what is probably one of the most competitive industry landscapes out there. And uh, yeah, Amazon is certainly made some inroads there, as Best Buy can attest, and the uh, the formerly um, uh, Circuit City, now defunct, can attest. So it's not a uh, not easy space to survive in, especially when you have someone like an Amazon uh, uh, making the inroads that it has. 
Thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. He's with us every Tuesday at 7.30, but it's 8.30 uh, for different reasons. So appreciate him coming on and being such a good sport that he is. If you want to talk stocks or money or investing, don't be shy. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, don't be shy. Um, I'll take a look at some emails as well. If you want to drop a strategy email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Some other business stories of note today. The FAA approved the first certificate of commercial drone operations over land. Now, it's oddly enough in BP, uh, Alaska, you know, Prudhoe Bay, BP's exploration. And it's a small little drone, uh, but it's the first time an unmanned aircraft will be performing routine commercial services over land in compliance with FAA guidelines. Interesting to note. Uh, I think you're going to see more and more of this. And much like Lyft and Uber has kind of hurt the cab business, um, the drones are going to hurt delivery businesses, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show via listening. Got a big event coming up in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge for people heading towards retirement or in retirement, tied towards income in retirement and dividend stocks. Really, it's for anyone who wants to show up because I think it's a good event. I think you'll learn something. Uh, I don't promise that, but I think that. Dow Jones transportation average slumps out of the gate after leading the market higher in recent weeks. So the event, I'll teach you things. I'll give you insights. CFP Chad Burton will run it and make sure that you're, you know, it stays on course for a, a very doable, digestible form of infotainment where you do learn something. So the transport's pulling back today. They need a break. They've been leading the market. Transports like planes, trains, and automobiles, when their stocks go higher, it's on the idea that the stock market is going higher. It's not on the promise that the market's going higher. So know that. Um, What other things are doing well and poorly today? S&P 500 has gone up 4.2% in the last three weeks. It's a big move. Um, It's kind of getting boring how up action we have. Strength in healthcare and utilities is very defensive today. Weakness in financials and in energy and industrials, as well as consumer discretionary. Again, telling you that the risk bet that things are going to go up because the economy is improving is not on today. For the most part, it's been a formulaic rally effort. Very low volume, very little selling. Um, and it's record highs. So we're getting it, right? I hope you're with me on this one. Uh, Radio Shack is in the news today, not for a good reason. Woeful earnings. There were no earnings, and they drew upon some of their credit. Chico's is reportedly getting ready to go private, which I find kind of interesting. I don't know if you know the story of Chico's. Chico's makes 
they make clothes that, to me, look like their designer is a parrot and he eats a box of crayons and he vomits on cloth. It just doesn't look right to me. There's just something terribly wrong with their clothes. And then middle-aged women go to the store and spend a lot of money on said garments. And they kind of have this weird matching system so you can learn what to wear with what clothing. It's kind of weird. So, but as Chica's is considering going private, out there you have um, GoDaddy filing for an IPO. 17-year-old company. Um, what do they do? Web hosting services, domain name registration, scantily clad women in Super Bowl commercials. They reported a loss of $199 million for 2013, narrowing from 279 a year earlier. Revenue's up 24%. So they got some growth there, and they got some growth in revenue, but you know, decline in losses. It's kind of a good time maybe to come public. Uh, who cares about GoDaddy, right? We want Web 2.0. We want the next Facebook. We don't want, oh, you register domain names. Isn't that cute? Johnny, your friend's here. Um, other things to talk about. Hmm. This is a headline, right? 15 years. It's a mass extinction event in the S&P 500. There's an MIT aerospace engineer and Harvard professor saying that uh, an emissary for social entrepreneurship with a goal of harnessing technology to help mankind has launched a number of private ventures, including planetary resources. Um, I don't get it. So, I don't get the headline. What industries are being turned upside down by rapid technological change? Financial industry. That's what the article's trying to get at. Um, there's kind of an arms race going on as far as artificial intelligence and quantum computing and how it relates with high-frequency trading. I think there's... I don't see why, and this is call me crazy, why aren't mortgages publicly traded? To the point, like, you put in your credit score, you put in your income, and ta-da! It's yours if you want it at this price. A lot of people think that's going to happen. So a lot of techno-philanthropists are ultimately hurting our economy because they're coming up with great ideas. Whether it's drones that are going to hurt the transport industry, whether it's you know mom and pops who can become basically legal cabbies pretty darn quick with very little training on Uber or Lyft. And when I say mom or dad, if you've done a couple of these trips, they're fun. But they're not, you know, well, that's all I'm going to say. U.S. inventories rose, so do job openings. Salesforce sees big money in the workplace wearables. Salesforce is a company that keeps acquiring companies, and they're losing employees at this point in time. And I know a lot of these employees, you know, chat with them. So they're seeing this, you know, flurry of employees jump ship, going to new startups. So you're going to see a big Christmas this year on smartwatches, whether it's Fitbit, Samsung Gear, Google Glass, Android Wear. Salesforce.com has built applications for the devices. All the code is open source and available on Salesforce platform. Participants include Google, Motorola, and Samsung. They think it's a big business opportunity. The opportunity is substantial in the wearables. In the workplace, it's expected to hit $18 billion. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call. We'll talk money. We'll talk investing. If not today, soon. Find me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge on the 17th. It's for income and retirement and dividend stocks. You can sign up for the event, Elks Club at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.